Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. FOMO. Fear of missing out. That's what it stands for. Yes. And I didn't know that. I hadn't even heard the term FOMO. I mean, I am the queen of FOMO. I was, sorry, I was the queen of FOMO. I love it. Uh-huh. Trying to plan like 20 things in one night. Any invitation I was given, I'd say yes, and then figure out later how to make it all work. Is that why you're late for everything? Late for everything, I think more is also just, I think it takes me a lot longer to do my hair than I think it does. It's funny because it's not a new thing. Mm. I just think that it's just a cool acronym that we get to play with. It's fear that you've gone on the wrong path, comparing yourself to someone else and thinking they've got it better. FOMO, I think, is an extension of that. But it seems to have plagued the younger generations more than previous generations. Because I think there was always a sense of, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a rules follower. I went to school or I didn't, but I got this job. I got this house. I got this family. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I die. My generation, I'd say, started, and definitely the generation below me, has we've chucked most rules out the window and so all of a sudden from like one choice of life path we had infinite as a woman i don't have to marry someone of the same gender race religion financial status country there's no barrier for me but obviously with less rules breeds maybe too much choice i don't think there's such a thing as too much choice yeah it's just about being unclear about who we are and allowing those myriad choices to influence us to get lost in all those choices in absence of rules we've tried to create rules and the rules we've tried to create are basically just watching other people and thinking well they're happier than us precisely so we should do it like them instead we need instruction manuals we are used to that we're used to commandments we're used to being told this is how you live your life and when we're told that well you don't have to live that way well how else can i live well that person seems to be having a great time maybe That's what I could be doing. But I remember for me, FOMO was bred from my internalized shame because I didn't end up living the life that I thought I was supposed to or I was expected to. Or I internalized my family's disappointment. And that was very difficult. For a long time, I didn't feel fully satisfied in my life because Mm. I had that nagging feeling. This isn't how I was supposed to live my life. That wake up moment happened much earlier in careers. Relationships. I mean, we're still very hidden this, but (laughs) the career, you know, I did what you were meant to do in a very prescriptive way. Right schools, the right degree, went to law school, first day in a law firm. I had an anxiety attack to rival all anxiety attacks. I felt so trapped in the box of, of how I should be living my life and what I should be doing with my career. And I knew it wasn't what I was meant to do. It just didn't, I just knew it. To your core. To my core. It wasn't where I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. But the little voices, which weren't just little voices in my head, but they were being echoed around me by my nearest and dearest. You just don't want to get a job. You don't know what it's like to be responsible. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to wake up early in the morning. You know, all those things to minimize my experience, which was, this is not right for me. And you were abandoning yourself in that process of denying yourself. Exactly. And that split gave me such big anxiety. Mm -hmm. Lasted months. That in the end, I gave up drinking 12 years, stopped all caffeine. I didn't have a choice but to leave. Yeah. And I lasted seven months. I did what I said I would do. And then I went back and did my master's and specialized in gender violence. And then when I did start working where I wanted to work, none of those issues were issues anymore. I was mm-hmm. happy to wake up in the morning. I was happy to go to work every day because I was doing what I was meant to be doing. Yeah. You were living your purpose. Exactly. I, at the same time as I chose me in my career, I didn't choose me in my relationships. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing out both of those. 
My career is a true reflection of who I really am, whereas my relationships have not. I lived with my FOMO for a few years because I think, well, I know it was too much internalizing and I couldn't relax and it was impacting my relationship. Not so much so because I just learned to compensate. Well, okay, this is where I'm at now. So I'm just going to make the most of it and do whatever I can do. But it never really got rid of the voices. I had to depend on my husband and it wasn't so easy for me. I can't believe I'm living in Spain and I can't get a job. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? I've just wasted and squandered my very expensive elite education. And it wasn't necessarily coming from my parents. It would come in the form of my brothers. Well, you would know what that was like if you had your own income. So it did take me time. It took quite a bit of time. So do you think that the FOMO part was not being able to accept that this was how your life was going to be? Yeah. And thinking, oh, I should be like what everyone else is telling me because I'm doing something unconventional. I'm wrong. Yeah. I just couldn't allow it without it sort of feeling like I was surrendering or yeah. sacrificing myself and choosing a different path for myself. Call it FOMO, but you having those experiences with structure, me having those experiences with structure... And breaking out of them allow the generation below us to not see the structure in the same way. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely echoed in our business world. Nowadays, the way what you work and how you work and where you work is all up to you. Part of reflection of who mm. you are, right? Because we yeah. often were gravitating towards mm. the things that we think express our values mm. or represent our philosophy and, th- and there's no judgment anymore like i want to go work in finance well done you yes but i want to go and do a startup that helps clean water in africa well done you too i, I kind of feel like i wouldn't have had my breakdown if i even knew that that was an option but it didn't exist as an option when i did it yeah. And I had to really fight through to do it. As you pointed out, when you're not living your purpose is when the FOMO is the biggest. And I keep thinking to myself, what happens if I'd ignored that? What happens if I just stayed in that law firm? Or if I'd stayed in New York? Wouldn't that be the biggest missing out? Because... Absolutely. Because then I would have wondered, well, what would have happened if I had gone, if, if yeah. gone to Spain? Would I be happier? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I would have been free from those constructs. And actually maybe allowing those constructs to define us mm-hmm. is the biggest missing out. Absolutely. And that should be what the real FOMO is, to not be true to yourself, because that's where all the potential comes from. Precisely. Because if you're just living with so much FOMO, if you're just sort of constantly scrolling through your Instagram or even your dating apps and you're seeing all the choices and so you think, well, that's all for me, but it's not. When you're connected to your purpose, you end up knowing what you want and your choices to yourself. Yes. And your choices become, they become a bit more manageable. Being able to be in touch with yourself then, as well as you stop comparing yourself to others, then you stop judging others too. Yeah, because you don't judge yourself. You're not comparing yourself to others. Because you're like, Bolivia's not for me, but it could very well be for you. Oh, yes. And that's also a difference because then you're allowing love in both ways. You're loving yourself and you're loving them. Precisely. You're just saying, good for you. It's just embracing that we're all different. And I don't need to live like you and you do not need to live like me. And everyone just feels a bit more secure and a bit more allowed to be themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm curious. How did you accept that you were different then? That your life was going to be unconventional? I wish somebody had just said that to me when I was younger and then I would have been okay with it. I was always used to being the outlier. I think, as you and I discussed before, we're constantly being sent the message we need to belong. We can't be different. No. Well, also because it makes us a lot harder to sell to if we're all different. Precisely. And I think that's a really important point, which is how much capitalism underpins FOMO. (laughs) Because you really consider how much businesses use social media, use FOMO, which is all based in consumerism. It's simple maths, isn't it? What makes us all happy is different. Mm -hmm. Our experience of happiness is different. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the same things won't bring us 
the same amount of happiness, yet we're being told that it will. Because actually the beauty in each of us is our uniqueness. Absolutely. It's not in trying to have the same body as someone else. It's not in trying to have the same car, house, look as anyone else. You can't learn anything new if everyone's the same. And you can't see things from a different perspective if everyone's the same. I mean, from my experience, definitely was denying my differentness and trying to make myself the same as everyone else made me unhappy. And to be honest, probably made me just as unhappy as everyone else. <laughs> exactly. Which is the irony of yes. it all. Yeah. So it's, it's in a way, if, if you want to be the same like everyone else, you can be, but they're all unhappy too. Yes, which is why they're peddling whatever they're peddling. Everyone's unhappy from what I've learned from you because they're locked in their own shame of wanting something different. Or not being able to accept their differences or yeah. that they were enough to begin yeah. with. Because I think the biggest thing about FOMO is the message, I am not enough. I need to be different in order to be loved, accepted, celebrated, make mm -hmm. money. Admired. All the other Successful. Bits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And actually the irony is my biggest successes career-wise have always come from mm -hmm. my differences and in breaking those rules and going, well, there's a better way of doing this or mm -hmm. we need to do this differently. Mm -hmm. And if you look at anything, I mean, the people around us who we admire okay. are the ones that are doing things differently. So yeah. you're talking about being an originator. That and just being true to yourself. Yeah. If this is how I wanted to do it, this is how I'm going to fucking do it. Right. And actually when our biggest fear is that we're going to be ostracized. Absolutely. For being ourselves. Oh, yes, because we're always taught to be part of a collective. Yeah. But sometimes when you step out of that and you're like, actually, the collective isn't working, it's dysfunctional. It is. And mm -hmm. in this way, I'm going to do something different. Yes. Like anything else, you're walking through the fear of being shamed mm -hmm. and sometimes coming out the end, maybe not necessarily being celebrated, but knowing that you've changed something. And I think that's just as important because as much as we are all different, and I know you said this in the first podcast, and I definitely see this now, we all have the same core issues mm -hmm. to an extent. Very much. And usually a lot of the same beliefs, if you really pin it down to oh, yeah. you know, our cause. Mm -hmm. And we're all being pushed away from those by being told we have to conform to something that isn't like us. We've got to take ownership of who we are, our lives, our purpose, and what we want to do. And then in doing that, in embracing our uniqueness, mm -hmm. that is the choice that we make to fulfill our destiny to be happy. It's all well and good saying all of that, but what do we do? How do we do it? Well, first you release the shame. I mean, that's probably one of the greatest challenges people face because it's a, it's a tool. It's been a tool to keep us in control. Parents still use it with their kids. I mean, I think every generation is battling that. And I think we need to become much more aware of all the vocabulary and attitudes we carry that have to do with shame. The criticisms. Why is somebody doing it that way? Even if it doesn't make sense. Perhaps Perhaps they are introducing some new concept that we just don't yet understand. Mm. There's been this drive to break people down, to get them to conform. I remember sort of sitting at dinners, hearing people at my age, you know, my generation, the Gen Xers who would talk about how they paid their dues. There's still a lot of that. Mm. Young people need to pay their dues. They think they're owed success. And there's always a complaint that these younger generations are so entitled. Mm. What's interesting is that you're right. We're criticizing everyone for trying to do things differently. And it becomes a perpetuating cycle of, we want to be different but we don't feel we can be so we're going to criticize people who are and we're going to judge them for doing it differently and if you break that own, your own cycle and be like well I'm going to allow myself to be different then you don't judge anyone else who's being different either mm -hmm. and that's how we also release the shame as a society yeah. because by embracing ourselves we're allowing other people to have the space to embrace themselves too exactly and Yes, obviously, like everything else, it starts on a personal basis. So if your life is in a place that makes you happy, 
But the only thing that's making you unhappy is when you compare yourself to other people. Stop doing that little bit. Right. And then you're left with just the life that makes you happy bit. It's true. And if happiness eludes you, because Mm. it does elude some people, it's a matter of satisfaction. We're constantly being sent the message we should be comparing. The comparison stares all in the face all the time. We're hyper aware of what other people are doing around us. And the only thing we have in common, actually, is that, as we say in every episode, it feels we all want to love and be loved. And how that manifests, it's always going to be unique in ourselves. But because we all want that and it feels like other people have it, mm-hmm. we're trying to copy them to get it too. Very much. When, in fact, the love that they're showing on social media, often in dinner parties, often to other people, is an illusion anyway. Very so much. we're all feeding into that illusion of love and yes. trying to recreate it in that same way when actually there are no guarantees that that's what people are actually experiencing. So we think, well, if I do what they're doing, I look like what they look like, I live the way they live, I'll also get love and be loved. Yes. But the irony is, is that we know that that's all an illusion. People don't sit there and tell other people, I am miserable, actually. Everyone's going to pretend to be happy and that they are in love. So we're following a recipe where we have no certainty of the cake coming out of the oven the way we think it's going to look like. For all we know, they've put the ingredients into a cake, they've put it in the oven, and then taken a picture of a store-bought one and said, this is what I just made. We're making the same cake as them and wondering why it doesn't look like the one from Marks & Spencer. So comparing ourselves to other people, unless they're being totally honest, and they have exactly the same wants, desires, feelings, and motivations as we do, we're not going to get our desired result anyway. No, and you know that most of the time, if somebody's posting a particular experience, they're doing it because they're not really present to it. So the only way to have that happiness is to start listening to yourself. When you're not able to give yourself the validation to go, you're doing a good job, you look for other people to give it to you instead. But if I get enough likes or comments on this post, then it reinforces all the insecurities and doubts I have about my life. And that's why there's often that, see, as I post this, you you want this. And the more I know you want something, the more pressured it is to me. I'm sure we've all had an experience in our lives where from the outside, people looking in would have thought, oh, she should be really happy. But we knew that we weren't. So living for what other people think of you Mm -hmm. is not a guaranteed way of happiness. You know, and I don't judge the ones who follow the, the formula and it works for them. But for the ones that it doesn't... does it really work for them? I do. But for the ones that don't, I think this episode is really about giving you the courage to just ask what will maybe make me happy and should I give it a try and know that if it doesn't make me happy, it's okay, I'll just try something else instead. I will take that a step further and say, can you ask yourself, why am I so afraid of living my purpose? Why am I so afraid of committing myself to a path and being completely okay with that. For me, the moment people really can own their purpose and know what they're here for, the rest of it just just becomes noise to them. So the minute that people know who they really are, then they can appreciate who others really are. And they can detach from Mm. what others are doing, those experiences. And then no more FOMO. Because we're not all meant to have the same face. No. Or the same body, mm-hmm. or the same likes or dislikes. Like, I should, I'm single, I should be doing X, Y, Z, or I'm in a relationship, I should be doing X, Y, Z. Or that person's in a relationship, and I want to be in a relationship, so I'm going to do that. Yes, I'm really good yes. at that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is their story of how they met, so if you recreate that story, uh-huh. I'll also meet the right person. But then in partnership, each person is unique, and each partnership is unique, and each 
right? Relationship so you're not going to you can't recreate anything. No, and you're not going to end up with their person because you did something that that person did. Well, that's what I always yeah. say. Do I want to end up with my soulmate or someone else's? Yeah. I guess the only way of ending up with my own is being me first. Damn. No, because it's then built on artifice. And it goes back to like attracts like. If you are unable or unwilling to accept yourself as you are, then you will most likely attract somebody who is equally insecure and unable to find or respect their path or really clear because they're just, they're not living according to their own values. They're living for other people's mm -hmm. opinions. When people can really confront what it is that's sourcing FOMO, the insecurities that feed the shame that's also underpinned by our very capitalist society that creates this sort of vicious cycle. I think the more we see it, the more we realize, okay, that's not who I am. And I do find with younger generations, they're much better about declaring who they are. They're much better at declaring who they are because to conform, you have to be different. <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> Which is why I'm saying sometimes yes. forming a might work for you and that's okay too. Younger generations are so much more clued in to their purpose. It's what I see. And they're much more fearless. And so my hope is that for us as the older generations, sort of the ones blazing this path for them, we can at least deal with our own shit. What sources are FOMO and our shame? so that we're not ruining it for them. I find, though, that we're still battling. I think FOMO is really one of those things that's probably plaguing us as a society. We're comparing ourselves to others. Constantly. I really think that that's influencing so many of and our we, choices and, and decisions and right so now. And so we project it. So, mm -hmm. for example, how in order to be a good mother, you have to do all the things that all the people on Instagram are also doing. Oh, gosh, yes. We are projecting that onto the kids. We're comparing them to other kids. If we step out and realize how locked not only we are, but how our inability to detach from these perceived needs and wants, that's all they are, because they're not really what is in line with our heart's desires, because we don't all need new bathrooms. But if we really start to deal with the holes in ourselves that are telling us, okay, this is what we need because, oh my gosh, I feel so insecure about my body or my relationship or where I'm at or my job or my financial mm. situation, then we're sending the message to younger generations. You can do this differently. You will find greater joy and happiness yeah. in your life if you carve out your own yeah. path as opposed to following. Yeah. Instead of thinking, I need that new pair of jeans to make me happy, maybe these jeans won't fix it because only I can. Yeah, they never do. Yeah, only I can fix these things. Precisely. Only yeah. I can fill the holes. Yeah. Only I can make me feel like I'm not missing out. Mm -hmm. Because I fill my own gaps. And you complete yourself. Just have to listen to what makes you happy. And that's discernment. Knowing the difference. Yes. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.